This is the Create Yourself Podcast. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. Today, my guest on the show was none other than Luca Hosovar. So I first met Luca at the Perfect Life Retreat in uh, San Diego last year. Uh, it was a, a networking event that they do at um, the event, and I was supposed to meet a couple other people, but I found myself at Luca's table um, just sheerly off of uh, coincidence, and he happened to be talking about gym ownership and entrepreneurial uh, leadership skills, all these different uh, subjects. And what happened is, is I sat down and was just completely captivated by what this guy was talking about. He's super charismatic. Uh, I, I just wanted to jump on board with everything he was talking. He could have literally sold me anything at that event, and I probably would have bought it. Ended up running into him in the uh, hallway that night, talked a little bit. And we've been slowly just passaging, passing messages back and forth for probably the better part of the year now. And then uh, last month, I asked him to come on the show, and he said, absolutely. We jumped into all kinds of stuff, mindset, positive focus, leadership skills, building culture in your business, just all sorts of different topics. This podcast was all over the place, but it's an hour and a half of pure gold, and I hope you enjoy it. Do me a favor before we jump on it, though. I want you to go ahead and take a screenshot with your phone, post it on your story on Instagram, and tag Luca and myself in it. He is at Luca Hosovar, and I am at the CF7C Coach. And then do me one more favor. If you're on iTunes, I want you to go in, give me a five-star rating, and please write me a review, right? We want to grow this podcast. We want to get higher on the charts. This will help us to get amazing, even, even more amazing guests just like Luca on the show in the future. Now, enough of me ranting and talking about nothing. Let's go ahead and get on with it. Let me go ahead and bring Luca on here. So, Luca, man, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. Uh, I've listened probably all the way back since episode one of your podcast, so it's a complete pleasure to have you on my show today. Um, so how are you feeling today, man? It's, it's my pleasure to be here, man. Um, I'm, I'm good, even though uh, I've cut down my caffeine to one a day. I am sipping the end of my my bang, so I'm, I'm good, man. <laughs> That's, it's funny. It's hilarious you just said that. My wife and I last night just decided that we were going to try to uh, detox ourselves from caffeine a little bit, too. And I'm, it's rough today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, this is kind of like maybe veering off a little bit. But yeah. uh, I've, I've been doing a paleo AIP. I'm about I'm heading into week four. Um, and for a number of reasons, one was uh, Jay Ferrugia is a really close friend of mine and was, we spent a lot of time together and talking and training life, nutrition, whatever else. And he's been, you know, a big fan of paleo IP. And I was like, ah, I'll probably, you know, I'll, I'll do it sometime soon. And then decided to do it in, in the gym with, with some clients. And we have some people that have Crohn's and some autoimmune things going on, as well as just people that were, you know, I would say looking to, uh, to experiment, I guess, <laughs> with yeah. the, Word. And that's exactly what I called it as an experiment. You know, I, like, because if, I think if you make it a challenge, people look at it differently, right? It's like challenge. It's like, oh, did, did I fail and fall off the wagon? And, you know, ah, I'm just going to quit versus like, hey, experiment, like learn, right? Every time when you fail an experiment, that's normal. You're just learning. You're just getting feedback. Um, so I ended up going on uh, on this. And, and I said, hey, look, I'm going to do it too. You know, let me let me see, let me see uh, the contrast, right? And, and this is like lately, I've been really thinking a lot about this, right? So if you think about, you know, somebody said, how are you feeling? I'm like, you know, I eat pretty damn good. Well, like all, almost all the time. I mean, obviously I'd, I'd call it 85, 15, you know, somewhere there, 85, yeah. you know, on, on point 15%, whatever, which I, I feel is like a healthy way to do stuff. But 
but I had, but you know, but what do you have to compare it to? Right. I, I've been doing that for a long time. So I have nothing to compare it to. So I said, okay, let me, let me do this and see how I feel. Um, now what happened is that because I did that, I had to, you know, uh, for over 10 years, like 12, 13 years, I've been training late at night. Um, specifically cause like we had a crew that used to train together a lot and, you know, I just got used to that time. It was, it was just kind of like my time, right? We got together, trained hard. Um, you know, so I, I was part of it was the crew training together, the social aspect of it. And I mean, late, like, you know, I, I, I work a lot. So it'd be like, you know, start at eight 30, sometimes at nine, right? Like not, not very optimal, get done at 10 30, 11 sometimes then work some more. And, you know, long story short, like over, over time, you know, some, some people kind of, uh, move to different places, have families, more kids, this, that, the other. So I'd just be training um, by myself or with another friend a lot of times. And I'm like, man, if I, if I do this paleo IP, I, you know, I got to cook and, you know, I eat out a lot, like eat healthy, but eat out. So that's like a, a kind of a habit that I wanted to change anyway. So I'm like, man, I can't be doing that uh, if I'm going to go on this. So I moved my training sessions to earlier point in time of the day you know, start shopping, making my breakfast and my dinner at home. And, uh, man, like it's, you know, it's, this will sound so cliche, right. But it's just like completely changed my, my life and my days because, oh, wow. you know, it's, it's, it's now it's like, I get all home like earlier. Um, but the point of it is it created contrast. So, you know, two weeks in, I'm like, wow, I feel, I feel great. Like I'm sleeping great. Like I do an energy drink in the morning, but then nothing after that. And I'm not tired. Um, you know, I don't feel like I need stuff to keep me, keep me going. Um, no crashes, just inflammations down. Um, and not to say, you know, it's it, not to go into detail of, of a paleo IP or, you know, people are like, Oh, you paleo guy. No, not at all. Is this my, my experiment? Like I'm, I'm a food agnostic. I think, you know, it's almost like what, whatever works for each person. Obviously there's some principles to stick to, but, um, but it's a learning lesson, right? Like, it's like, I've been doing this for a long time, tried all types of different, you know, nutrition, like study like crazy about it, but then you got to try it, right? You got to experiment. You got to do what people find out more about yourself. But what I found is that to be able to do this, I had to, you know, switch some habits around and then switching those habits around has created just a lot of success in how I feel, right. And how much more rest I get. And, uh, and it just shows that, you know, sometimes these experiments can actually, Actually give you contrast meaning like oh wow like this is so much better right you, you, you create a gap and I, I I always feel like um, in our lives we're, we're we have blinders on right it's like you have we're all pretty we're, we're so patterned that like we don't know right people are like oh you doing? I'm, I'm good like how's this? this is pretty good right like compared to what and when you create contrast it really a lot of times also creates awareness right if um you know th this will be exaggerated not to say like <clears throat> i would like imagine if, if imagine if somebody was really out of shape um and you know you had a pill but it's just like for 24 hours it would turn like turn them into a person that was optimal you know shape fitness how they look feel perform like but you got it for 24 hours right and then it'll be taken away right i feel like that that you know because a lot of people don't even know how bad they feel right? You're, you're just sedated, right? It's just, you're just living life. And it's like, yeah, you know, energy's low, but, but you don't know how it would feel to be in great shape, you know, to, to, to look lean, to feel like, to feel that way, right? Visceral. And so if you showed per a person that they it'd create that gap, a contrast, be snapped back and be like, holy shit, I feel like crap. Like I, I want to feel that way that I did before, 
you know, so that's why this has been, you know, I, I feel, and this goes for like, you know, relationships for, for, for business, for fitness, for anything, right? Like to create that contrast so that you can, you can feel the gap and then want to change. Right. So you, you kind of create that pain. So for me, it's been like, wow, like there's this whole other way that I could be feeling now, you know, maybe I'm not going to shift all the way in to making that every day eating paleo IP, but like meeting somewhere in the middle, you know, taking some more, some things out, putting some more things in that I didn't. Um, but most of it, most of all, it was like shifting my habits around. It's allowing me to just, just feel better. Right. So be more focused and go to sleep earlier, have, you know, just, just things that like are, are really compound over time that most people struggle with. You know, like I said, nutrition, sleep, stress management, um, you know, things of that nature. And, and for each person is going to be different, but I just feel like that's been like in the last two, three weeks, like a very valuable lesson, uh, an insight that's, that's popped up for me um, that, you know, since, since you brought it up, I'm like, well, yeah, here's, 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 here's something, uh, here's something of an insight. <laughs> uh, the, the exact rant that you just went on is um, exactly why I, I was like, man, I got to get Luke on my podcast. Um, so, you know, when I briefly met you at uh, Craig's event this past, what was it, fall? Um, I wasn't even supposed to sit at your table. I was just walking around. I couldn't find the person that I was supposed to sit and talk to and ask questions. And then uh, when I heard you were going to be talking about gyms and stuff, uh, my manager, my manager and I both sat down and like within the first two minutes of you talking, we were completely captivated. And I think you ended up talking and ranting for like two hours with a crowd of people around you. So that exact rant based off of uh, uh, you sipping your last bang is exactly why I needed to have you on. But for the 2% of people in the world that probably have never heard of you, um, in a nutshell, man, how did you find your way to what you're doing? Like, what's your background? Give us that in a, in a, in a nutshell for us. All right. I'll, I will try to wrap it up in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't do the, the sped up version of it. Um, you know, I, let's just say that like my, my, a lot of my life was, was based around, um, I moved around a lot. Like when I was, I was born in Yugoslavia um you know before the war so it's still Yugoslavia and when I was seven we moved to London and when I was 11 we moved back right pretty much around where the war happened uh then it became Slovenia but my my life from the age of like you know 10 11 years old it was I mean shit like you know I was was a kid in a kind of post-social communist socialist country um but I love basketball like I mean all sports but ball became like my thing I mean I was I, I fell in love with it and so from you know in those teenage years uh like that was, I mean, that's all I gave a shit about really, you know, school. Was like I mean, I, I went enough to like make it through and even that was suspect, but, uh, um, and also in those teenagers got into, cause my, my pops ended up staying in London when we moved back. So it's just my mom and my two brothers. So it was just like, you know, three knuckleheads. Um, and, and essentially for me, it was like basketball. And then like around the age of 13, I just started also getting into, you know, dumb stuff, um, street stuff. And then later on, kind of more organized crime. And, and, and so I kind of lived this dichotomy between, you know, playing basketball every day and practicing for like four hours, five hours, you know, all the time um, and doing dumb stuff. Uh, and it, eventually I came, you know, and it's, that was part of the reason why I, I also made the decision. Cause by the time I was like 17, I, you know, in a way in, in Europe, you don't have, you know, high school and, and college teams don't matter much. Like in sport, it's the, it's the junior teams of pro teams. Like that's how it works. Right. So I would play for Olympia and then for Yancha and it was, 
uh, it's not like I play for XYZ high school and that anybody gives a shit about that. You know, you, you play for junior teams and that's what matters. And so I worked, play for the junior teams, but by 17, I was already playing on, for the pros, like division two pros and stuff. And, you know, my, my dream was like, I want to play pro basketball. Um, but I also, you know, in those later years when I was, uh, especially like 17 and going on 18, um, a, a lot of things kind of just went, you know, I would say south, south in a realm of getting more trouble and, you know, uh, going to court and some people that I was involved with, like, you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot of things going on and, uh, you know, being tapped by police and just, I mean, just a lot of, you know, it, it was, it was a lot of stuff that that year that happened that made me go like, shit, like, this is not a good, you know, like I, I got to make some decisions because, you know, this is leading one way, other things leading another way. And to, to be honest with you, like, you know, b ball saved me because, and one of my coaches, Boris, you know, he was the, the guy that would always keep me in check. And, you know, uh, I would say, I, I guess, give me the tough love and like did get, did love on me, but also <laughs> would give me the hammer, you know, like a reality. And, and so then one year we went up to, um, we went to, uh, Eastern Invitational Basketball Academy, which is like the number one kind of uh, place that you go to as a high school, you know, uh, player to get scouted, right? And like AAU teams go there and, and, and our coach wanted us, so this is about when I'm 17 years old. He's like, hey, we're going to go to the U.S. and experience this. And so ended up going, like doing really well, uh, but loved the whole experience. And, and this guy, Wayne Jones, was like, hey, did you ever think about going to college in the U.S.? You know, and I said, Nah, not really, man. You know, I'm already playing pro, doing this. This is what I want. And he's like, oh, man, you should keep that in mind. I think you do well here. You know, and, and like I said, then that year afterwards was the crazy year, and he kept in touch with me. He said, look, man, come out to Denver. Like, this was for next year. Like, come down to Denver, train with me for two weeks. You know, we'll do the Red Rocks, get you conditioned. Then we'll drive the jersey, and we'll do two back-to-back -back the IBCs. Um, uh, and... You know, I, I, because things got like at the beginning, I was like, eh. And then as the year went on, like I said, it was a lot of stuff to happen. Uh, let's just say I got in a lot of trouble and I was, uh, I was, I started really considering it uh, to where the closer it got, I was like, man, you know what? Uh, fuck, I got nothing to lose. Like, I have to make a change. And I'm like, even though I'm kind of walking away from some of this uh, crime, like, you know, it's it, environments are tough to change. You know, they, they uh, it, it's kind of like the analogy of, 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 you know, you, you go to rehab and then you go back in the same environment and the, you know, essentially the relapse rate is over 80%. Those are actually real statistics, by the way. Right. Um, and it's the environment, right? So, so I started going like, well, man, I can, you know, I could go to school and, and, and actually finish school and still, and still play ball and still go pro. Um, so I, I, so I went back, I, I did make, I pulled that trigger, um, went to see Wayne, went to um, East Invitational did really well again, uh, but I had no fucking idea about like what, you know, college uh, recruiting is like. Um, and even though Wayne gave me some, I would say insights and stuff, like, you know, I, I came there basically mid July looking for a scholarship for the next year. Um, and got, got like teams interest. Like, so I had Quinnipiac, Delaware State, you know, Western Michigan, all D1 schools that were like, man, we love you. You know, we're, we're really interested to give you a scholarship, but you know, it's like we give out scholarships by mid mid May end of May at the latest. Oh, um, so you'd have to walk on, you know, and these are all schools like 40 grand plus a year. And there's no, we could, no way we could afford, you know, uh, like I remember even calling my dad and it was just like, Nope, <laughs> <laughs> not happening. I was like, yeah, no, I just wanted to bring it up. And he's like, nah, it's not happening. Um, and then, so 
one coach that was a coach of my team there and I'm going like, hey, man, listen, I used to play and then coach at a school in upstate New York. It was a, as a D2 Juco. And, you know, like you play, like you can't, we can't cover full tuition. I mean, that's not even what they can do as far as uh, like their budget and what, what D2 schools for Juco can even do. But they'd cover things like tuition and stuff like that. It's like cheap to live. Um, and, and you'd play, man. And you'd, you'd get the opportunity to go from there and get a full ride. And so... I got back like August 3rd. Um, uh, yeah, I got back August 3rd and pretty much started working on, I mean, I just made a decision, like this is what I'm doing. And um, did the paperwork, you know, got all the visa stuff, like hustled to do that. And then flew out September 11th of 2001. And actually this is a whole separate story that I'm not gonna go into, but you know, my flight was supposed to land 20 minutes after the towers got hit. So we, we uh, because it, it was going to New York. So we flew in the air until we ran out of fuel and, and landed in uh, Nova Scotia. And I spent a week in a military camp before taking a bus to New York and then taking a bus upstate <laughs> to, to school. So it was, it was a pretty crazy experience. Um, and, you know, then I, I did four years in college, two years in upstate New York, two years in Southern Virginia. Um, and got a full ride there. And, and from there, uh, I went pro and I played my first team was in Ukraine. It was Himmick uh, outside of Odessa. And like, but that was, you know, that was like what I wanted to do. Now, now the thing is like, there's this underlying tell, like I, I, I tell this because, you know, from the age of like, like tr as far as training goes, since the age of 11, I've been training hours and hours a day, very hard. And at the age of 14, I started lifting weights because my mom like had two jobs. So she'd work at the bank till like 3.30 and then she'd come off the bank go straight to this small gym that was about 1400 square feet that her and her friend opened. It was like a membership gym, you know, come in and train and, and this building a partisan building. And so. And your mom owned this? Yeah. Like, well, she, 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 she leased it. Her and her friend oh. leased it. So her friend would work at the gym while my mom was at, mom was at the bank. My mom would come home and go straight to, to the gym to work till like 10, 11 PS. So she was working like these crazy long hours. And so I'd go there obviously to, to hang out, but I started working out when I was 14 and like in that year, you know, and I was like a smaller scrawnier kid. And, you know, in Slovenia, when you're like, at that point in time, I wasn't even fully, you know, into grown into my, my full body. I was like, I was a short kid compared to everybody else. Um, you know, so now I'm scrawny, I'm short. Uh, uh, you know, some of the pe people on my team ended up becoming, you know, drafted in NBA and, uh, you know, played high level Euro league. So it just gives you an, an idea, like the, the talent around me was, was massive. And so I was, you know, not starting or anything else. And so I had to bust my ass and like, I started lifting weights um, and had some amazing people around me. Like, I mean, we're talking about, you know, powerlifting champ of Slovenia back then uh, in, a, in a certain weight category. And um, two gymnasts actually had a, a room at the bottom of the building partisan that were uh, gold medalists in the Olympics and the world championships. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, so I, I learned some stuff from them and like, just had good people around me teaching me, you know, things that, you, you know, you, you'd wish everybody in strength training to be able to, to learn, but it's, I kind of lived there, man. I, I, you know, but what's crazy is like a year later, I was like, man, I could jump higher. I was stronger. People couldn't, you know, I, I had this advantage and I was like, man, like this stuff works, you know, like this is paying off. Um, and so I, I say this because there was always, because I got so interested and then like, by the time I was 15, I was studying strength training and performance. And, you know, when I was 16 and 17, I was reading like, you know, speed trap from charlie francis and shit and it was it was all because i wanted to just improve my performance and and so uh, you know by the time i was 16 i was i was training under in the mornings before school i, I trained with sergeant georgievich which is 
the number one track coach in Slovenia. He trained Marilyn Adi, Brigitte Bukovic. Like these are like, you know, Olympic gold and silver medalists. And yeah, right. I asked to train in the morning with, with Brigitte. She was like a 92 um, Barcelona Olympics, 110 meter silver hurdle medalist. Um, and, and it was just, you know, like he basically was friends with my coach and, and my coach was like, Hey, I got this kid. He's crazy. Uh, he just wants to be the best. You know, like, uh, what, what do you think? And so he, you know, Sergeant was like, man, okay, have him show up at six 30 in the morning before school and he can train thinking I wouldn't show up, you know, and, and there I am three days a week, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, learning from the best. So it was, it was, it was stuff like that, that it really kind of spurred my interest um in performance for myself right there was nothing about it that was like oh i want to take this and coach others like at that point in time you know and and so that was an underlying kind of tool like i you know i, I was reading ordering books uh magazines i, I read everything on t nation and elite fts i mean like everything I, I literally have it marked it was like 3900 articles uh, you know it was just like i just read everything there was to to and ordered everything there was to to order and you know so I say this too, because I ended up doing, you know, while I was in school for business, because it was like, oh man, you know, what do you do when you go to school? You do business stuff, right? Right. And, but I ended up having a minor in exercise science and kinesiology because of the interest, right? Because I was so like, man, I want to know more about this. And so, you know, coming out of school, obviously I'm still like, I'm, I'm playing pro. This is all I want to do is like, man, succeed in, in pro basketball. And so I played in Ukraine and I played two years in Slovenia and, uh, Karka, Nova Mesto, and Kran. Like, but when I say this stuff, I'm, I'm sure anybody's listening. Like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> Everybody's like Googling yeah, it. Right now, I just feel like I have to say it to, to, to give con some context and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, um, and even then, you know, like uh, when I played for, for this team in Kran, you know, like our coach was like, man, what do you do? Like, who coaches you, man? Who trains you? Because I was like 205 pounds and, you know, with Tom Hogg dunk on people. So, uh, it, not, not, not you? Games mostly. I'm, I'm six foot in my sneakers, which is really five <laughs> eleven, but I, you know it's like that little extra inch I give myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I was that was that I was so into performance training that like you know I I could run pretty damn fast, condition like jump high, and that's how it started. Where he was like, "Man, would you you know help out with the programming?" And, and I did, you know. So I started helping out with the basketball strength and conditioning, and then for my brothers, um you know, some, some of the soccer athletes I was training. Um, and it's that kind of just like started going, you know, where I, all of a sudden I was just training a lot of people cause they were like, man, you really know your shit. And, and I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was weird because it's like, I practiced for two hours in the morning, um, you know, lift weights and shoot around. Then I train people for like three or four hours during the day. And then I would, you know, go to two hour practice of basketball at night and was pretty much making no money for, you know, no money for like training, but loving it. Uh, and, and that kind of gave me like, like this, this kind of like, hmm, you know, like a little bit of a, I really love this, even though there's no, you, know, you got to remember, like at this point in time in Slovenia, there's, there is no, like, there's no true personal training industry. Like there's no personal trainer that you could go to like, man, I got kills that makes good money and has freedom. You know what I mean? Like you, that didn't exist. Like, so in the country, there was nothing to look towards, but of course I would always look to the U S and like what's going on there. And, stuff like that and so when you know when the time came when and, and at this point in time I'm also engaged with my college sweetheart and you know so we're doing long distance kind of relationship which always sucks and um you know I'm, I'm playing pro ball and you know she's in Seattle and you know like as I'm playing 
you know, I mean, my love for ball has, has, has never left, but you know, when you, when you turn pro, it, it's, it is, there is, you know, it's not the LeBron life for everybody. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I had seasons where I didn't get paid for six months and, you know, then you sue the team with multiple players and they tell you that like, Hey, if you sue them, like they'll have to go bankrupt and go back to the third division and you won't get paid anyways. And then you, then they're like, we'll give you one month out of the six. I mean, like just crazy shit, you know? Um, yeah. You're, you know, so at that point in time, like, that's why, like, I actually started supplementing some of my, my last season when I played for Trilo. I was, like, supplementing, you know, m money from ball with money from training and, like, even running my brother's translation agency because um, he'd, he'd go to, like, uh, you know, Brazil for a month and, and, and everything else. And so, um, I mean, it was, it was definitely, like, a pretty, you know, crazy time. And it was a, there was a point in time where I, I started, like, as – you know, we, we were, I was training people out of this gym called Sokol. I was training people out of a friend's, uh, he had like this mini gym in his house. And then we, we, we trained outside in this park called Tivoli. And, and it was like, we had kettlebells and ropes. And it's like, you know, there's, there's hills and there's trails. And uh, we'd roll up with the car, take out kegs, take out kettlebells, take out sand mags. It was just, uh, you know, kind of like real rugged training and stuff. But man, yeah. crazy results. And it started as like a group of three. And it went to five and then to eight and then to 12. And it, and it was like, holy shit. You know, people would be walking by and going like, what are you guys doing? And we just kind of do like, hey, like you can do your first workout for free, you know, and, and people would join. And that's when I went to my brother and I said, look, look man, like I, I have a gut feeling. Like there's something here. I love this. There's something like I'm really good at this. I, you know, I don't know where we're going to go with this, but we got to open up a gym. We got to open up a small spot. You know, and at this way, uh, at this point in time, my brother's like, well, but you're going to probably go soon, right? Because I, I knew I couldn't do the long, uh, kind of like the long distance stuff anymore. You know, I had to make a choice. And it was an easier transition for me to go to the U.S. than for my, my wife back then uh, and to, to come to Slovenia. It was like much bigger culture shock. I lived, you know, uh, obviously was there in college. So, um, you know, that, that was normal for me. So I started making that kind of decision. My brother was like, oh, man, you can leave. And I said, look, even if I do, like, I'm telling you right now, like, this is what we got. So it took me like months to convince him and my other friend Giga, who still to this day run, run that gym in Slovenia, um, which I'll get to when, you know, he and my brother ended up investing, I'm not sure how much, like 3000 euros in kettlebells and, you know, some, uh, suspension trainers and just some basic stuff and barbells. And, and it was a 470 uh, square foot room. Um, and, you know, we, we started there. We, we had the classes and the people were already training from different places. We kind of brought them together. And within, you know, I don't know how, like, it wasn't long, but like months, the, the, the um, uh, let's, let's just say that like the hours that we were having those classes got packed because it's a 470 square foot room. So it's small real fast. Yeah, it gets, gets, gets packed real fast. You know, and it was mostly, like I said, like it was barbell, kettlebell, body weight, um, and uh, it wasn't even called Vigor Ground then. We were called <laughs> Kettlebells the Body Project. And uh, <laughs> it was, what was funny is like, you know, we, we were the first uh, RKCs in that area. You know, I did the first RKC in Europe in 2004. Um, I mean, I, I, I was doing training from Pavel and by 2001 and two. I mean, it, it was, you know, I've done like KBs for a really long time, like right. really long time. And so, so it started there, but, um, and then from there, we went to like a 2,200 square foot, I think 22, 23. And then that's when I, I ended up leaving. Um, and, you know, and that was a really tough, tough decision for me to, to, to make because it was like, man, I, and I was still, you know, kind of, um, 
you know, I, I, I ended up playing the NBA Summer Pro League that year too. Like, uh, and, and that was one of those things where it was like, you know, you would try out and it was 500 players and only two uh, free agent teams that were 24 spots and I made it. So it kind of gave me that whole surge again, you know, and got a, a, a pretty big time a agent in Williams Syringe. So it was like, it, it was like this very, very kind of insane time because and then I'm moving to the U.S., you know, and, you know, and I love training. I absolutely love training. We started something that mattered in Slovenia. I mean, we legitimately were, you know, um, what I, what I didn't mention is that I paid a consultant. It was the number one consultant um, in a country for gyms. And pretty, pretty, I mean, for me, that was a big amount of money back then. And um, if you're here to train, just know this is, this is normal every day here in Renton. Yeah. Boeing, Boeing trains uh, carrying the, the airplanes by, by our building. But it, it essentially, you know, he was like, look, Luca, man, I love your passion. I love your enthusiasm, um, man, your charisma. I just, just, there's just no industry for it. Like, that's why there is no gyms like this, because there's no market for it, you know? And I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't, like, you know, I was just like, man, fuck, this guy's wrong. Like, I feel it in my gut. Like, why would we go from training two to three people in this Tivoli Park and now there's like 16? You know, like, that's not a fluke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why, you know, the guys that I'm, we're, that I'm doing programs for and coaching that are athletes, just like stronger, more explosive, leaner, telling friends about it, coming through. Like, it was, you know, true word of mouth. And and I was just like, man, look, I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Like, <laughs> You know, and he was like, I, I, I don't think it'll work out. And, you know, I left there and I went to my brother. It's like, listen, man, I, we got to fucking do this. I don't care what he says. This is what he said, but I don't care. So we legitimately were like the first kind of gym of its kind in that country at, at that point in time, you know, and growing it. And uh, um, and so, you know, we started that. Uh, I left and kind of started from ground zero in the U.S., you know, because I moved to Seattle, like I said, back then for so that me and you know my wife could obviously be together and I'm, I'm i'm divorced now but that's what that's what brought me here and right. um and i started from like i mean you know nobody nobody like in slovenia i started to get some traction and i actually wrote for a couple magazines and um i mean was actually starting to get in demand in those gyms that i was in uh on top and like i said like so i'm training people i'm playing ball like i'm just doing a lot of stuff um and then for here, I had to kind of start from the ground up and, and kind of the only place I could get into really was quick because, you know, like I was, I mean, the first five, six months I was living in my, my wife's room in her mom's house, right? Like it wasn't, it was like came here with like zero money. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't one of those situations where I'm like, oh man, I'm stacked. Like I, you know, I had a ton of money from playing pro and, and there's none of that. And I started LA fitness, you know, and it was, uh, humbling and and but it but it was what it was you know and i was willing to put in the work and so from there i you know it first year plus you know worked at la fitness went to another gym called vision quest um and helped them develop like a lot of their stuff actually i, I got a lot of input there that, that that whole franchise ended up selling uh you know 14 gyms i think for 36 million to la fitness but uh and and still to this day the guy that, that owns is, is a really good friend of mine incredible uh incredible entrepreneur his name is chips Warzel, but um taught taught me a lot about business too but you know did that like did the grind you know did the you know when i say 100 hour weeks like i mean 100 hour weeks you know like no, yeah. you know and uh and then my second year of vision quest i opened up my own spot like so i was working like multiple things i was i was you know i would get up in the morning 
um, when I open up my own, my own garage gym and I do early morning boot camps, like, you know, five thirty, six, and maybe knock out a semi-private or two. And then I would drive to vision quest, you know, train chip and then do a 12 hour day of coaching there. Or, you know, it was, it was always a 12 hour day. And then after that, I'd come back to my own place, train athletes, myself, you know, write, read, go to sleep at like, um, two and then wake up at, you know, four forty-five, five, five fifteen at the latest. Um, certainly not what I'd recommend, <laughs> but like, that's what I knew back then, man. I was, it was just like, look, I'm going to just outwork, out hustle. This is what I got to do. Um, and then, so, you know, from there, like as soon as the garage, like my, my gym in the garage was doing good enough, I started chopping down hours at the big box, um, at vision quest and went full, full in on my own, own spot. Um, you know, ended up being at, at the, that location it was a thousand square foot garage, no windows, you know, black mold. It was a, it was a cult, it was a cult gym, you know what I mean? And, uh, there for like about three years, then moved out to a 4,700 square foot spot. That's, uh, that we were in for probably close, I think close to six, you know, we had a five-year lease, but then we kept extending because I ended up, um, you know, where we are now, I ended up buying this building um and you know ripped it apart did a lot of construction and we've been here for you know like two so going on to us hasn't been two exactly but but i did i mean i bought the building about two and a half years ago um and so that like that's the you know like i said i don't know i feel like it, it, you can do a real quick story but i i do feel like i don't know it just it just creates context you know t talking about like the the journey of it I think it's important. I think it's important for people to know, like there's so many different paths that people take to get where they are. Um, and I, I, there's a lot of misconceptions, you know, um, many times people talk to me and it's just like, they have an idea of what happened, you know, but uh, I like to share it all because you might find yourself in a similar space. Like, Hey, you know, I, nobody gave me money to open up a spot. Like, I mean, I opened up my first gym here for, you know, I had a bunch of equipment that I bought over a year and a half or two or whatever it was. And then I spent, I think, like four grand and then I spent three grand for the down payments on the, the lease. Right? So it was like a $7,000 investment, you know, to, to start a gym, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, 10 years later, uh, like I said, you know, own the building. So it, it's just, you know, and obviously there's been a lot of stuff that went before that. And at the same time, you know, I, I wanted to share the story because our gym in Slovenia has been open for 13 years now and we are the number one kind of gym of its kind in the country. And we've only grown, you know, we, we train NBA guys, you know, EuroLeague soccer guys. Um, and obviously just, you know, a lot of amazing general pop. Uh, we have about 400 members there. Um, you know, the Vigor in Seattle is about two plus. Um, a little, you know, very similar models, definitely some different things, but um, it, it's, it's great. Actually, we have two locations in Slovenia now. Uh, we just opened one in October, the second one. And we're at about 80 members there. Um, we did a collabo there. So, you know, like the, 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 the data that I get from, I guess, like, this is all I do, man. Like, this is like, this has been, you know, my life. And at the same time, I'm, you know, business coaching, you know, the whole training for Warriors business division with, you know, 40 to 50 gyms in there. Um, plus my own business coaching, you know, so, so like, I'm, it, you know, it literally like my whole, I would say day in life revolves around being the best you know coach in fitness and in business and obviously continuing to just make this you know vigor ground the best gym in the world and and kind of working to leave the industry better than i found it right that's one of my uh, say values is from from the book legacy like leave you know 
leave the jersey better than you found it. And so yeah. that's um, the book about the All Blacks, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like that really resonated with me. And and uh, and actually, I have I have a, I have a micro macro philosophy around that. Um, I'll share it because because I, I do think this is an important thing, right? Like, um, so so think about that that whole statement, right? Leaving something better than you found it. Um, on a on a macro level, it's on a macro level. It's like if I work for, you know, because because in my, even in my life, right? Like I, I run businesses, but I also work for other people. Like whether it's training for warriors, like uh, you know, I, I feel. I mean, I lead I lead that division, but it's it's Martin Rooney's company, and he's like kind of essentially, you know. I mean, I would, I would, I look at it as we're a team, but at the same time, you know, I'm also part of, I'm part of that, right? It's not my company, but guess what? Like my, my mission there is to leave it better than I found it, right? I want to, I want to do work, great work that helps people, impacts people. And that when I, you know, at whatever happens down the line, that if I ever, you know, left or whatever happened, that people would say, man, he left that place better than he found it. Right. And I feel the same way about Renton, the community of Renton. Like, is it going to be better than when we found it after, you know, or even now? Like, just is it better than when we found it? Um, every person on, you know, on on the team, like, hey, have I helped them become better than when they were? You know, and I think about that all the time. Every conversation that I have, you know, did I make that person's day better and uplift them um, and, and help them out and make them learn something or whatever? And, and once again, like, I'm certainly not perfect, so it's not, it doesn't always happen, but like, that's what I strive for. And, and then also the industry, like I want to push what we're doing here to be like the best in the world, you know, and then teach it so that I hope leave the industry better than I found it. You know, and I, and I feel that if like that, if people had that philosophy on a micro and macro level, you know, it just gives you a different frame to look at the world through, right? Like you go like, man, how do I leave this situation better than I found? And it might be a shitty situation. It might be like arguments and fucking this, that, and the other. And, you know, and then you apply your skill sets, hopefully, you know, if anybody needs to work on that, get the book, Crucial Conversations. Great book. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, it, and it's like, hey, how do you, um, and, you know, how do you make things better? Right. Rather than complain, rather than look at the problem and put it under a microscope, you know, why not learn the lesson and just like, how do I make this better? And and that's just been big. And that's kind of been a driving force. You know, I would say as, as far as one of the values goes beyond just this, you know, I don't know, personal intrinsic motivation to just constantly get better so that I can be the best for myself and obviously everybody else and provide the, the best that I can provide, you know, whether it's to our clients, to the team. Uh, to, you know, the, the, I mean, I should say clients in every realm, both on, on the fitness uh, side and the business side. You know, your story, like um, most people see this, like, you know, they see, you know, Luca on Instagram and all the things he's doing. And like, I mean, that was this like very, like there was so much context in that story, like that people often overlook. We just see this guy that's, you know, out there in the world doing it, you know, uh, got up, you know, sitting next to the water, reading books, you know, doing Q and A's, but there's, there's all this building that you did before you even got into that position. And I actually never heard some of the pieces of your story that you shared. Um, but there, I mean, if we unpack it a little bit, like people told, you no all along, like all along, like, you know, people were telling you, like, I don't know if that's a good idea, but you're like, you just felt it. And that's something that I felt too. When, uh, like I was a government contractor, I worked for, um, uh, Raytheon for a little bit and something that they, 
like the guys at the job like to make fun of me because I'm, you know, I'm reading articles and blogs that I would, you know, there was no iPhones back when I was working there. So I would just print up a bunch of articles and I would just sit at my desk and read them um, on my breaks and stuff like that. Um, and then it's funny, you, you said you were like training in multiple gyms while trying to start your own because, you know, back in Virginia, which is where I'm from, uh, I was coaching at one gym in Virginia Beach trying to open mine in Portsmouth and I was training uh, amateur mixed martial arts at the same time. And I like <laughs> hundred hour weeks was probably uh, a very accurate comment with that. Um, man. So I, I love your story. And with the context like that, I think it gives uh, the listeners like a lot of good, like feedback to, especially if they're just starting out to know that you've got a lot of building before you even get into a position where you could be like an influencer or a fitness professional that somebody is looking up to for information um, because, I mean, you said you literally read what 3,500 articles or something like that. That's a lot of learning compressed or a lot of learning spread out throughout all, the, all that time. Um, insane story, man. Um, so now fast forward a little bit, you've been running a business for, you know, several years, 13 years. I think you said your gym was in, um, Slovenia. Um, what would you say is like the secret sauce to like why these gyms have been so successful? Hmm. You know, that's, that's always a, the, I, I do like more and more, I do try to kind of, I, I, I understand the psychology of the human brain. Yeah. You know, people like, like three to four things and, you know, so on and so forth. So it's, it's hard to, to kind of break it down, but I've actually been work, working on a model that is going to be, it's easier for me to teach. And it's, it's I call it the nine C's. Um, but it, it actually came from being on a podcast and somebody said, kind of a similar question in a sense of like what's the most important stuff you know what's mm -hmm. the most important stuff and I you know I kind of look back and try to reverse engineer it in you know because uh I mean there was definitely points in time it, just to, to create some more context too right mm -hmm. like experience you know when, when I had the Joe D on the podcast not long ago and we were talking about you know for people who should they listen to um and, and it's kind of like this pyramid right the pyramid is number one is experience and results right then from there it's education and then from there it's like social media following and this that and the other um and when i look at my experience you know and i never thought about this until later actually in my career in from you know living in you know multiple not just countries but continents like you know moving to a place where i didn't speak the language has been th like literally thrown into school you know like uh, having a lot of adversity in, in, in those times, like that did is so much for me where at the time it might've sucked, you know, like, ah, oh, this sucks, you know, being in crime. And it's like certain things that, you know, I don't necessarily, I kind of go like, I'm really proud of this, you know, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I look back and it's like, it, it get, you know, the, the other side of it gave me an incredible, I would say insight. And I learned a lot, you know, it's like, I mean, you learn a lot, you know, about, having to read people, knowing how to sell, like, you know, understanding human psychology, um, you know, when you're in crime, like, man, it's, you know, cause you have to, right. It's, it's, there's no way around it. But then, you know, I, I worked for my pops. I, you know, I, I did stuff for my brother's translating agency. I did, you know, I was, I was literally, I mean, for, a, you know, over a decade, I legitimately trained five to seven hours a day. You know, I, was, I mean, you know, learn everything about, so all that experience, you know, leading up to before I ever coached my first client, right? I had tens of thousands of hours of training, you know, and, and so sometimes when people say stuff like, you know, 
I look at life before, you know, every, everything that you do builds a skill set. I've worked in warehouses, you know, and, and my approach, I, I remember when we were putting uh, chips and Epson printers, I worked in a warehouse and because our alphabet has, you know, ch, sh, z, those are just letters that like, I think it's S, C and Z with a hat on the top, right? Like, and so you have to put a chip in a printer so they'll work in Slovenia and be able to write that alphabet, right? And I'm, you know, working summer, you know, summer, working these these long hour warehouse jobs. But I was like, man, well, you know what? Like everybody's lazy because a lot of people are just like lazy, like fuck it, man. I'm gonna try to skimp as much as I can and just get paid. And I was like, well, I'm here. I might as well put in the most chips into these printers more than anybody else, right? Like it was like I I made it a challenge, you know. And then they upgraded me to, I mean, upgraded me to be able to like stack the boxes with this machine. And I was like, man, how many boxes can I stack, right? If I'm here, let me let me just get. Like, let me just do as much as I can because, and I, and when I did, I felt, I felt fulfilled by it. And what I realized is that like, you know, you practice how you work, you know, and, and what I see a lot of people doing nowadays is, is saying shit like, oh yeah, but when I get into the position where they appreciate me and respect me or where it's my, my business or it's blah, 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 then I'll really put in the effort. And it's like, that's crazy. It means that you're spending years and years of your life training and practicing to be mediocre and put in a mediocre effort or okay, good effort. And then you think that you can just turn it on when it's time. And it's, and you won't, you, you will have been, you practicing to be average. And then you think that you can just turn it on to like be super focused and disciplined. And that's not how our neurology works. That's not how our brains work. Not even that's close. Not patterns work. You know what I mean? Like, and so what I realized is like, man, basketball changed my life. Like in so many ways, apart from, you know, giving me something to not like fully go in on the streets. Cause like, I know that if there was no ball out, you know, I, I wouldn't be here period, you know? And so, but man, I would come and I would try, I would, I had to like, for me to even be able to make the, the, the 12 roster in Olympia with that, those type of caliber players, I had to work like four times as hard. You know what I mean? Like, and so every day I would show up and bust my ass and, and it's like, I ingrained like these values, right? Work ethic and just going, you know, above and beyond an extra mile. And, you know, like it all got ingrained. So by the time that I started coaching, you know, there was all this experience, life experience and experiences that have built me to where I was on top of all the learning for myself to get to become a better athlete. And so, you know, this is, a, this is an important conversation because, uh, you know, you, you get people that are just like, boom, you know, jump in and it's like, okay, cool. Like, what are your experiences? Like maybe, maybe you did sales before and that's actually a really great aspect because now you can, you know, better influence people and persuade them in, a, in an ethical way, obviously, right? Like in, in a positive, like in a positive direction, or maybe you were a leader of teams, like take those skill sets, apply them into this, in, into this sector, right? Like we collect, you know, we, we learn and we, we apply and we build ourselves up through these different values and skill sets throughout life. And then, you know, some, so many people are like, oh, well, now I'm in coaching. Like, I have to relearn everything. But I'm like, you, you already have a lot. Now, the second part of this is like, man, it is a lot of application. I mean, you know, not to, I mean, we, could, we could talk about this. We could talk about online coaching. I think sometimes people think that I'm against it. And I'm, I'm not at all. Like, I do online coaching. You know, like, Don't you? I better say you do, uh, you do some programming for people online. I do. I, for personally, I, it's very limited, but we're about to launch an online program with the app we've been building out for a year and a half. Like, there's been a ton of work put into it. So it'll be a bigger team. I mean, I'll, I'll obviously be part of that team and, and overseeing everything and, and helping and coaching and writing programs too. 
uh, it's, it's, it's pretty dope. I'm excited about it. But man, like, you know, think about this. We're going to launch that like, you know, 13 years after I started a gym. Right. Um, and, and not to say you should wait 13 years. Like, look, this is, this is not what I'm saying, but what, what I'm saying, I do have a belief that you cannot be great at online coaching if you're not great at offline coaching. 100% agree. You it's, actually something I, it's actually something I wonder about with, you know, there are a lot of online coaches out there. And I always wonder like, um, how do you implement some of those things unless you had hands-on with clients, like, and to know these nuances and to cannot, read a person. Think about this. There's this, there's this thing called the like formula. Uh, have you ever heard of the like formula? No, no. It's a, it's a pretty simple equation, right? Like, I mean, I, I tend to think about this and use it like in just about everything. So likability, right? How much somebody likes you, trusts you, right? Knows you equals proximity plus frequency plus duration plus intensity, right? Now, what does that mean? Proximity means the more somebody is proximal to you. Like if you walk in a park past a girl that's walking her dog and you're walking your dog, and you do it for 45 days and every day you bump, you like you go past each other, you actually will like and know that person better. This is proven, mm -hmm. scientifically proven, which is why, you know, it's like, you're like, oh, I feel like I know them, right? Well, you do, you see them every day and you go by them. So that's proximity. The more frequently you do it, well, the more the likability factor goes up, right? The, the longer the duration is you might spend with somebody. And also then you have intensity. Now intensity, I'll give you an example. When I went to Warrior Week, you know, many years ago, after I got divorced, did a lot of dumb shit in my life, which, you know, has been that pattern quite a, quite a lot uh, 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 in my younger years. And, and, but I, I went in because I wanted to, to change myself, to, to re, like to figure out why I was doing stupid shit, like, you know, uh, like cheating and not, you know, figuring some stuff out and still, you know, like to just, just patterns of the past, right? Like, and I was like, man, I'm done with it. I want to go in. So and Warrior, you know, it was intense, right? Because you go to Warrior Week, like you get crushed physically and then emotionally and like mentally, like, right? It, it, it's tapping to that. Now, so I was only four days, but that was intense. Man, it was intense. So now think about like the people that were in that group with me because of those, in those four days, I got to know their deepest, darkest secrets, their pain, their, 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 their struggles, their, um, their, their grief, their uh, shame, their blame, like, like, and they did mine, right? So that intensity created more closeness and likability slash no like and trust, right? Even though it was just four days, right? So think about that, like how much more, and, and I'll talk about this in the context of marketing because that, that formula is very, very important. But the, the, the point of it is, is like, proximity meaning being close to somebody like even if you're in the same room and you're not talking th there is something that that bonds you and when you haven't worked with people face to face first of all you know whether this you know they're saying that this is kind of like a little bit exaggerated the statistic but you know majority of body of, of communication is nonverbal, right it's body language how do you see body language online through an email? You don't, right? Like, mm -hmm. so you, as you, as you coach and like I said, like I've coached legitimately thousands of people um, and like in real life, face to face in groups, you know, 80, 80 person football teams spit in the speed and agility. And like every week I'm still coaching like a hundred people. You know what I mean? Like, although I don't do as much amount of hours, I, like I love coaching. So I'm, I'm on the schedule because I love coaching people. Mm -hmm. So you, what you end up doing, you, you, you see the tonality, like you feel, I mean, you should have said, you hear the tonality, you see the body language, 
You see the responses. You see the threat kicking in when you say something. You see the pacifying behaviors. You see, and, and, and it's like you become a student of, of this like nonverbal communication. And like you start learning about people and asking better questions. And like this is a process that takes a lot of time, right? Because you might, be, you might read in a book, which I believe you should, but then now you got to observe it and apply it in the real world, which is a whole different ballgame. And so over time, you're like, oh, wow, like you start learning about people and then you read more books and you learn and you apply and you keep doing that, right? A course correction. And now, like after a, like a lot of time, you start getting a better idea, right? And to me, it's like, okay, now you can start kind of doing online coaching because I, like, look, I do believe like you can help more people, right? Like I can't help thousands of people in my gym, right? I can, we can help hundreds at a time, um, but we can affect thousands, millions, hundreds, thousands on, online you know, through content and everything else. But how do you, you know, because this is what I'm seeing now. And like, you know, uh, remember we had a, a, a John Russin, John Russin had a, a seminar here. So like me, John and, and Joel Jamison ended up doing a Q&A at the end. And there was a bunch of questions. It's like, hey, I'm a 23-year-old coach and I want to go online fully. You know, and like, uh, I mean, Joel, Joel's answer was probably my favorite because he was just like, took the mic and was like, uh, don't. fail yeah you know uh, but the the, the thing is is like hey like if you don't what what people don't understand that like training physically in a location is easier than online even though the the people think that it's the other way around but remember the people in a certain location are are uh, restricted by how far they'll drive to train you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. people online could train with anybody on the planet Right, so your competition is everybody on the planet, where your competition locally is, well, it's the other gyms or the other online, people. Online, certain, you just go grab a new ebook or you know, download a million different things. P ninety X, T twenty five, Weight Watchers, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is competition essentially. And once again, like, look, if people are listening to this and going like that, I'm discouraging you. Absolutely not. Like, I'm just, I'm telling you how my, from my experience. From and, and when I say my experience too, like I, you know, I will say this uh, confidently, not arrogantly. Like, I do not know any person that has gone to more courses, seminars, and gone through more stuff. Like, you know, if uh, if anybody knows somebody, and give me their <laughs> number, I'll holler at me because I want to talk to them and, and learn. And so you know what I mean? Like, it's just, right. it, it, and so like from from my experience, from talking to others and the top, you know, people on the planet. Um, You'll say the same thing. Like, how do you, you know, like, man, like you got to become a great coach before. Cause, cause online, like I said, you're missing a lot of those things. So you have to be even better, right? You have to be even better, like at reading between the lines, accountability, like uh, being able to, to say the right words and, and keep people engaged. Cause the turnover is much bigger. Like, and in, in, uh, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but like, I can guarantee you that the physical gym turnover is way less than online programs. And I, I have more people coming in and out on my, oh, God, on like my remote thing, that's for sure. But we'll put, we'll put it this way, like membership sites that are even like low, low level membership sites usually have multiple month turnover. So we're talking about two to three months people will stand in or off. You know, and that's like lower cost options. You know, so you have to be really good to, to, to be able to keep people on. And you know, that goes everything from how you are as a coach, the systems and deliver, deliverability. There's, there's a lot of stuff, you know, and that, that's why, I mean, I've, I've been, I spent a year and a half right now building this program out for online and, you know, and our pitch and like, I, I share this pitch very openly here with you and like, on, like, I don't hide shit. Like we, we could talk about all the, 
the crusty, shitty stuff and all the stuff that people don't like to hear, you know, because I think it's important for people to hear that stuff because it's real. And, but you know what, like, man, like it, it, it's taken a long time. And our pitch is like, hey, look, we actually train people in the real world every day. As we're coaching you online, like probably that same day we're coaching just someone just like you that has the same problem. We've helped them solve that problem. Like, and after, and this is true, like even our, the copy to the, to the online is, hey, like we legitimately, we do, we get like weekly emails about like online coaching, right? I get them and I can't, you know, like I, I pretty much keep my personal, like the people I'm online coaching right now for, for the fitness transformation side of things. I mean, like under 10, you know, and, and I mean, I could certainly take, you know, just go and say, hey, look, I'm opening a spot and, and, and without any marketing, get new people. But like, I just have a lot of responsibility. So I have to be smart about, you know, what I take on and say yes and no to. Um, but, you know, now this will be allowed, not just me, but a whole team. And we'll have software that's going to allow us to be able to scale it somewhat and, and do a better job. And, you know, I recorded hundreds of videos. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's taken a lot of time. But our, that's our pitch. It's like, hey, you know, I, I didn't do one physique show. Now I'm online coaching, you know, or like, like we've literally trained over 3,000 clients. At, this is in Seattle. Like this is not even our Slovenia location. You know, it's like, and, and our, our kind of like proof of concept is two continents, three gyms. And like, you know, you count Slovenia and we, we get close to, you know, 10,000 people, you know, that we've coached in real time, not even nothing to do with online. And, and every day we're learning, like we have more continuing education at Vigor than any other for sure, Jim in the Northwest, but I, I would say, you know, I'm factually open to go head to head with any gym in the country, you know? Um, and, and like I said, we'll have 11 certifications and seminars this year. We had uh, 11 last year, you know, and then eight the year before that. And that doesn't count on, you know, all the stuff that I go to personally or fly out to or the team. This is just stuff we have in-house and that doesn't count in staffs that we do. So, it, you know, it's, it's just like we're doing this all the time and, you know, now it's like, hey, let's let's open up online and sure, you know, creates another revenue stream for us. And guess what? You know, our coaches are going to do that so that they're able to make more money without being on the floor more. Because my whole philosophy around, you know, making the industry better is to be able to have coaches that don't coach 40 hours a week, you know, because if anybody's done that, understands that 40 hours of coaching a week is a, is a lot. It's a lot. Um, you know, we don't have anybody that coaches actually more than 30, you know, and, and if you're coaching 30, 35, you're making a, you know, a pretty damn good, like, you know, full-time living, you know, and, and like I'm continuing to build that and, and figure out how we make it like, I want to keep things in-house, right. Rather than outsource, uh, which, because it's like, I want, I want my team to win. I don't, you know, it's like, why would I bring other people in? I mean, like, yeah, bring other people in on the team, but like keep it team-based. Right. So and that's a whole nother discussion. I mean, like, look, I, you know, you can dig into whatever question you want to, uh, yeah. I can talk about shit like literally for a month straight. Cause I love this stuff, but you know, uh, I do think there's, there's just a lot, you know, I, I like to give co the upcoming coaches and, and even coaches that have been in a game, you know, just inside, like, look, I'm, I'm far from figured everything out. I got my own coaches. I'm always learning. I'm always, you know, I, I'm fucking up a lot, you know, like, Hey, listen, like, saying like today's meeting, like, you know, brought up, like, I, I mean, I dropped the ball. Like I, I have my strengths, you know, I have uh, my weaknesses and I'm just trying to like eliminate my weaknesses and just bring my strengths up um, and surround myself with people that they can complement what I do, you know, and, but it's, it's important for people to get reality checks because we live in a world of, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, like amazing offers, like, you know, copywriting, which is great. Like you need it, 
but everything is like you know the too good to be true shit you know it's like hey let's talk about let's talk about the hard stuff man let's you know like let's 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 talk about all like the you know and, and i like to bring that up if people are like if somebody's like hey man i want to um you know i, I want to do what luca did and and, and kind of build that and i'm like great man like here's you know here's the path but let me tell you about like my struggles let me tell you about my current struggles right like I, i'm not even gonna um you know name the company because it, i i feel like i, I want to kind of give away but let's just say that you know for, for uh, friends that work for and I, I either run or own this company that's in worth let's just close say going on 200 million dollars right and from the outside in and it's in the fitness space and from the outside in you know there people are like yo these guys are crushing it everything is gravy um where i know there's been some big changes and like they're bringing on more people and it's taking more work and everything slow down and the results aren't the way that they want them to be right but you wouldn't know that from the outside in and it's like i can tell you straight up that like in the last 12 months like we've had months where we've you know had some struggles like some small some big um and like all you do is you continue to solve that problem right you continue to try to figure out that puzzle piece and and continue to build and make it better and sometimes you got to take a step back and it feels like you're failing you know and and, and i've had this you know we had the team meeting and i'm like man guys like i feel like i'm a failure right because of some things that happen but i and i know there's just lessons um you know and guess what like you know that's part of the process you learn from it and you apply and once you've been in business for like over 10 years, you know, like, man, you, you experienced the recessions, you experienced the craziness, you experienced the, you know, people stealing people from the gym and, and doing unethical shit. And like, you do dumb shit. And like, man, it's, you know, and like you hire the wrong people. And, you know, it's, I, mean, it, I mean, it's like all of it. And it's, it's just part of it. Like it, it's part of the process. Now, of course, like you want to learn and eliminate as much as you possibly can, which I, I believe happens through study having the right people around you, having great coaches, having people that make you aware of stuff, um, you know, but that, that's it. Like, you're not going to find somebody that's been in business for even five years, but let alone 10, you know, 12, 15 that, and, and ask them, like, ask them the stories. Like, this is where I get the most from, by the way, I love reading books from people that did amazing and then got fucking annihilated. Then I want to, you know what I want to know? Like what they did afterwards to get back on top, right? Because and not on just what they did, like mindsets wise, skill sets wise, like what was the process? Like how did they through, you know, churn through this thing? Because I, I have been in some exceptionally challenging situations. Um, and I'm like, and I know a lot of people have, so it's not like this woe is me type of thing. I'm just saying that like, man, like the, you know, I, I wanna be around the people that have been in a fucking like, you know, the like the, you know, the man in the arena Roosevelt quote, right? Like with your, with your face marred in dust and dirt, you know what I mean? Like, and then you pick yourself up and make shit happen. Like that's, you know, that's, that's what I'm interested in where, you know, a, a lot of stuff today is that like, Hey, five steps to generate leads and make a hundred thousand dollars in the next 30 days. And it's like, like, you know, and if I get it from the marketing standpoint, I get it. Like, I mean, shit, like we use some of this stuff, but, but like, man, I want to stay in, I want to stay in, in like tune with reality and integrity and like man look you know i'm going to tell you straight up like this is going to be hard you know it's like when people that hit me up for business coaching it's like okay cool like we're going to work for a year like i mean we're, we're working on a 90-day program right now too but like man my mentality is like if somebody comes to you and wants to lose 100 pounds like what are you going to talk to them about 
I'm going to be like, look, it's going to take a year and a half yeah. for you to be steady. And like, the, and, and I'm like, Hey, are, what's the most important thing to you? Like losing the weight fast or for you to lose the weight and keep it off. You know, something you said to me was, um, you know, we, we had a call a few months back and something you said to me was like right now money versus later money. And I have a hundred percent taken that. And, uh, I mean, you look at that and you can equate it to every single thing. Like you just mentioned a client wanting to lose a hundred pounds. Like, um, you can, you can take these like small little sustainable changes and you can, you can apply that across the board with anything, you know, weight loss, muscle gain, business, you know, like it, you mentioned it's taken all this time for you to get where you're at. I'm, I'm at eight years of coaching, um, you know, eight years of it or seven years of it. I was coaching on the floor with people before I ever took myself online, but it's just all been this just steady, slow progress and change. Um, and I think that the, you know, you mentioned like being able to mess up and like awareness, man, like awareness is what separates. I feel a person like yourself, respected guy, successful, the awareness of like knowing when you've messed up something. Like when I go to my team and I'm like, Hey guys, I dropped the ball on this. Uh, sorry. You know, this is how we're going to try to come out of it. Um, because I used to always think, and I'm sure a lot of other gym owners too, or, or like coaches or leaders, like they always think they have to know everything, but just having an awareness that like, you're, you're going to mess up. And then like, what can you do to learn from that? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the, what, why, you know, what, why lesson applies. That's, I mean, that's still, I still go to that a lot because, um, and so like, that's called positive focus for anybody that hasn't ever heard that before. I, I basically run through it. Like, so when something, and most of the time I'll do it when something shitty happens, right? Like, so what, what happened? Right. I want to, I want to outline what happened without the emotion. Right. So for instance, um, give you an example, right? We lost, I don't know. We lost seven members this month, right? That's what happened. There's no emotion. Like, you know, so that's a fact. Okay. Why is it positive? So what, why, right? Why is it positive? Now, of course, what is the first thing that your brain wants to do in that situation? Go negative. What the fuck you mean positive? Nothing's positive about it. <clears throat> but see, you have to shift the frame. Okay. You have to shift the frame. So what's, you know, why is it positive? Well, it's positive because it's exposing right? That are, and maybe these people were trials and so they didn't convert. So maybe it's exposing our 30 day trial. Like maybe the experience isn't on point. Like what happened, right? So it's given, it was positive because it's giving us insight so that we can improve the first 30 days to help us better serve these people and get them the results in advance and then convert them into members so that we can get them to their ultimate goal sustainably, right? So that's why it's positive. Okay. So then you have what, why third one's lesson. Right. What's the lesson? So if you had to put a you know tagline on a T-shirt, what would the lesson from that be? So the lesson from that may be, hey, like painful scenarios uh, allow us to course correct, right? Or it should be like, you know, when we when we drop the ball, we're able to make it right. right? So I mean, there's like I said, everybody's gonna get their own lesson from it. That's the whole point. It's yours. It's your lesson. Um, and then how? And then the, the fourth one is apply, right? So we just went through what why lesson and apply how are you going to apply this and how are you going to apply this i actually use that like i use a lesson from one part of my life to apply it to other areas of my life so you know and apply you can apply it to business so we just gave an example in business so what's the lesson how are we going to apply that into business hey we're going to have we're going to sit down like actually i'm going to sit down and strategize a better uh experience for the 30 days right and like and i'm going to make sure that we implement it and get, you know, get it down with the team or whatever else it may be. 
right? Okay, cool. How does that apply in your fitness, right? And it, okay, in your fitness, well, maybe you're constantly sleeping like shit. Cool. There, there's some feedback there. Maybe you need to change your sleep, I would say, uh, ritual, right? Maybe things change some things around. Like what's going on there? Let's, let's, let's look at it and let's create a better strategy for your sleep so that you can get an extra hour a night, which is going to be a huge game changer when you look at like your life as a general. Okay, cool. How does that apply in your relationships? I always get in an argument like at the end of the week. Okay. Like what's that teaching you, right? How are you going to take that feedback to make it better? Okay. Maybe you can come home earlier on a Friday and do date night instead of coming home late, being exhausted and pissed off and, you know, setting up a, a shitty weekend. Like I'm making this shit up obviously, but you know, the, yeah. the, the point is, like these are examples of how you use just a, a, a tool, which, you know, to me, positive focus is a tool that helps you reframe a scenario that was bad, right? It, it Honestly, you could do the same thing with a good scenario. I don't think there's anything wrong. If something good happened, cool. What's the lesson? You know, what happened? Why is it positive? Because of this. What's the lesson, right? Reinforce a good lesson, right? And, and reframe badly, you know, a bad thing, you know, what you perceive to be bad into how it can be positive. Because you're training your mind, like you're training your brain to get better and better at like flipping things around. And man, I can tell you that like it, you know, it used to take me, you know, shitty things would happen. Man, I could be fucked for you know days or weeks. You know, some people honestly look traumatic situations or or you know hard times can sometimes put people in in a in a rut for years. Like that's the reality. And it's not the external situation that's making that happen. It's the internal process that's making that happen, right? So when people get stuck in a rut, man, I see this so much like, you know, doing, doing a business coaching where like, I don't, I don't need to help somebody with a, with a strategy. The strategy's there. They get in their own head and then they start spinning around and have to, we have to shift the mindset versus the actual, the actual actionable, you know, strategy in business, for instance, right? Because it's like, oh my, oh my God, like, I, I, I can't tell you like an amount of example, like this last week where it's like, holy shit, like, I feel like everything's falling apart in the last two months, we've lost this many people and da, 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 da. You know, I was just like, okay, stop, okay, stop. Let's, let's look at this. Like, let's address, let's lean into this, this challenging situation. And I need you to run this, you know, positive focus on it. You know, and then we get on the phone. It's like, man, like having a hard time doing a positive focus. So now I ask more questions, more questions, more questions. And, you know, like at the end, it was like, hey, do you feel, how, how do you feel on a scale of one to 10? What do you feel about like your front end offer? Like, how do you feel about it? Like if, if, if one is like crap and like 10 is exceptional, it's like the best experience that anybody could get. And, you know, and that includes accountability, right? It's like, oh, it's, man, like four, okay, four. How do you feel that this whole process, how would you feel about this process if you took it from a four to eight? to a eight, seven or eight, man, I feel much better about it. I'm like, okay, is that something that you can control? Yeah, I can control that. Okay, cool. Control the controllables, right? Control the, like you, yeah, you actually have no control whether a member leaves, right? It's their decision. You can't really, unless you have some super mental powers. Yeah, you can influence their decision. Absolutely with your behaviors, but I'm saying you can do everything right. They could still leave, right? You can't influence that. So, but what can you influence, right? You can influence how you show up. You can influence how you structure the coaching the culture the customer experience and i'm going to talk about those three seasons in a second because i think the, those are the foundation of, of, of a quality gym business right so like once again like 
to me, in, in, there's, there's mindsets and there's skill sets, right? And some people have great skill sets, but their mindsets are crap. Like they don't believe that they're worth the money or like, you know, they have a belief system that's like money's bad or, you know, I don't do it for the money and like stuff like that, right? So even though they're skilled, their mindsets are going to stop them from growing. Now, there's other people that have like the right mindsets. They just don't have the skill sets. It's like literally like, yo, you need to get better at this stuff. Oh, that's what's stopping you. Like there's, there's a lot of people, okay? Because there's, there's a lot of teaching mindsets and sales and stuff. And so people are like, yo, I'll get good at this stuff. But they suck at coaching. I mean, like they're, they're just not that good at it, right? And, and so, you know, you got to look at every area and go like, hey, do I need to improve my skill sets? Do I need to improve my mindset on this? And you got to remember that there's, the, there's coaching and there's the business of coaching. And those are two completely different sectors. And, you know, you might have a great skill set and mindset in coaching, but in the business of coaching, you don't, right? And the business of coaching is sales, marketing, systems, fulfillment, teamwork, leadership, right? Like, whereas coaching is obviously like helping people move from point A to point B. And of course, and that includes a lot of things like active listening and communication and persuasion, program design, like, you know, external, internal coaching cues, like accountability, like a lot, there's a lot that goes under that, but you could be a great coach and not be great at the business of coaching. Right. And it, actually you see a lot of that. And so, you know, I, I I'm hopefully wrapping this up into a point, uh, <laughs> to, you know, obviously, but, but it's, it's, it's just that like, these are the things that like come to my mind that I feel that people need to hear. And, you know, and that connects to like, you know, what are, what are the important things? Look, I think that a great place to start when I talked about the nine C's is the three, the three foundational C's are, coaching culture and customer experience you know and they could go you know you could flip those around but like either way um if you got those three on point you know you'll probably have a a solid healthy business um you know that will grow to a certain extent organically and you know obviously i i, I believe that you should be doing paid marketing i believe you should be doing content creation um but once again if those three c's on their place all of the other stuff is not going to help you as much. You, you know, you might be marketing to people and then those people come in only to find out that you're not that great. So you're actually spending money to show people that you suck, you know? So, and, and that's not a good place to be. And, and so that's why I'm always like those three C's, like you got to be on that shit forever. You know, like, yeah. uh, it's like being good, you know, it's like being good to your, to your uh, partner in a relationship, right? It's like, you gotta be, you gotta be, better and better forever <laughs> like right. it's, not a, it's not oh we just you know got together the first three years it'd be great and then i'll suck you know the, you gotta keep working on it all the time you know and and, and really the foundation like the, another two c's that i i like it's kind of separate but somebody asked me on an ig story question the other day uh you know what do you think separates great coaches from you know not so great ones i'm like well like the two things you gotta have is you gotta really fucking care so that's one c and you have to be insatiably curious, like curious, like curious on how to help them, curious on how to get better, curious on like, you know, new methods that will help the client a little bit, you know, curious on, um, you know, how to create better social environments, communication and like care and curiosity. Because if those are like a, a place that you come from, like that means you're, you're, you're coming from a place of service and you, you care, like, man, you truly have an emotional connect. You're like, man, I, I want this person to do well, right? Because if you don't have that, you're probably not going to be curious and driven to be better for them. Right. Like, 
And, and that's kind of like, there's gotta be an anchor beyond, you know, if, 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 if your goal is money, look, I love money. Like, I, I think it's great. Like, I, I think with money, you can change the world a lot more than you can without it. Right. I mean, more money we make, I mean, shit, like the, the more stuff that more, the better off everybody on the team is the better off, you know, I can, I can do for my family, the more I can give back to charity, the more we can grow some of the, you know, uh, scholarship programs that we're, we're going to launch, the more we can, like, we can just do more good in the world with it. Right. It's a vehicle, but at this, but if you wake up and it's like, you know, my purpose in life is to make more money. Like you're going to, you're going to feel horribly and burn out. And like, there's going to be no deep, meaningful, uh, I would say, uh, anchor to your goals. Man. Um, so much knowledge bombs dropped today there, Luca. And, uh, I'm going to try to respect your time, even though we went a little over an hour. Um, so we'll do a couple of closing things here and then we'll let you go for the day. Um, I always ask my, my guests like what their, uh, what their top three books that they recommend are. So um, go ahead and hit us. I know you probably read like three books a day, uh, just, just based off of some of the stuff I see. Well, what are, uh, what are your three top uh, recommended books that you want to send to everybody? I check. So I'm going to give you five. And like, really, honestly, it's just like in the frame I'm in. So it has not, I, I think these are really, really good books for um, some of the things that I was talking about. And so one, uh, if, if people, you know, I, I know people have heard of this, right? So like probably heard it over and over and over again. But if you haven't read it this year, I don't give a shit, get it anyway. Like how to win friends and influence people. It's, it's, a, it's a yearly read for me. Like every year I read it one time at least. Um, and you can't like, you legitimately cannot get too good at this stuff. Right. I think it's one of the better sales books, communication books, treat people well books, like it encompasses everything. Right. So certainly how to win friends and influence people. Like the second one is a really short read that I personally, it, it, it really did. You know, this sounds like a little exaggerated, but when I read that book, I really did change stuff in my life. And that's when I started doing charity boot camps as well. It was the, called the go-giver by Bob Berg. It's a short story about a big business idea. Like that's literally what it's called. And um, it's, it's phenomenal. Like if you don't read through that book and it gets, doesn't get you fired up, man, I don't know what will. Like it'll, it'll, it'll basically just make you more inspired to serve. Um, I mentioned Legacy. I think Legacy is an incredible book for like leadership and values. Um, and so the base, basically that's like 15, you know, what the All Blacks can teach us about the business of life. It's like 15 lessons in leadership. Um, but it's great for core values as well. From there, like my favorite business book that I've read, and it's, it's weird because it's, you know, it's, this is actually one of my role models in business is uh, a guy, his name is Danny Meyer. He's one of the greatest restaurateurs of our time. Um, he actually started with like hiring restaurants, but he also owns Shake Shack, which I'm pretty sure everybody knows, which is now a billion dollar company. But that guy created like literally a term uh, enlightened hospitality. Uh, and he has a book that I think is one of the greatest business books of all time. Um, it's called setting the table. The transforming power of hospitality and business. Um, I mean, Jim, Jim Cramer called it the most important business book of our time. And I, I honestly look, it's, it's got so many notes and flaps that I can't even, it's, it's mind blown. <laughs> um, and, you know, and it's like, I, I think, there's few businesses harder than the fitness business, um, the gym business specifically, uh, but restaurants are one of them. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure we can all agree higher turnover, more difficult. Like they're just very, very challenging. And this guy has done something that's almost unheard of. Um, and, and his philosophy around hiring, how to treat team uh, employees slash your team, um, investing in a community, uh, you know, playing the long game is incredible. So, so let's see, we're at four right now, correct? Mm -hmm. All right, I'll give you guys uh, two more. So next one is Resilience. Resilience by Eric Greitens. Uh, to me, this is just a good book of, you know, when, when you talk about, uh, we mentioned about hard times and adversity. Uh, you know, the, the subheadline of this book is hard won wisdom for living a better life. And it really, man, like it really is a book that got me through some hard times. Another book I reread every year. Uh, I promise you, you'll read, you read this book, you know, tag me, let me know you read it. Um, because I promise I, I like, you're going to get so much insights from this and just like life stuff that you'll, you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to see your life and different things that are going on through the, because he uses a lot of stoicism, which is great. It's a lot, it's really well written from a storytelling perspective, applying, um, also a lot of, uh, stoicism principles in there, which I love. So that's five, and I'll, I'll give the sixth one because we did talk about customer experience. This is a newer book, um, but I feel like it's very action, like applicable. Like you could read through it and instantly like take stuff and apply it into your business. It's called Never Lose a Customer Again by Joey Coleman. Awesome. And, and yes, it's, and it's, once again, like I, I share that one because it's pretty much the customer experience in the first hundred days, which is from all businesses really shitty. So if you look at statistically the, the, the retention and experience for uh, most businesses in the world, but America specifically is where a lot of the studies have been done. It's really bad. It's just really, really bad. And you can significantly improve your business by improving the first, you know, hundred days of customer experience. Now, you know, if you're, if you're hearing a hundred days and freaking out, guess what? Before you do a hundred days, you got to do what? 60 days. Before you do 60 days, you got to do what? 30 days. Before you do 30 days, you got to do what? First two weeks, right? So I just say focus on the first 30 days and make it great. And you're going to see improvements in conversion, retention, um, and everything else. And, but the book is good because it gives examples in different businesses and you might not want to take everything from it, but there's going to be some stuff that speaks to you. And it'll give you an outline of like, hey, like apply this, um, you know, and, and, and make it a model. So <clears throat> I really like that one. So that's, you know, you asked me for three. Uh, I had to restrain myself and give you six. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, thought when I was looking at that question, I was like, oh, man, I was like, how can you tell uh, somebody who's such a bookworm and like, you know, person that consumes so much content? How can you tell them to narrow it down to three? So I almost expected it. Um, but man, dude, thank you so much for coming on today. I loved every minute of it. Um, you should see my little notepad. I'm going for it too. I just want to make sure that um, I put the, the the meats and potatoes into the show notes for everybody listening. But um, in closing, man, where can everybody find you at? Uh, so uh, the, the main the main places, man. I mean, on, on Instagram, I'm very very active. Uh, my my Instagram tag is at luca l u k a last name hosevar h o c e v a r so at luca hosevar uh on facebook i mean besides my personal facebook like we're super active on a vigor ground fitness and performance uh facebook page so like videos pretty much almost every day and posts almost every day um so vigor ground fitness performance facebook page um i have uh, vigorgroundfitness.com is the main site uh which is 
like currently still old and but it's, it's in, in the works of getting redone. Uh, it's going to be a lot better and nicer in about four to six weeks. Um, and then my, uh, my podcast is called the Vigor Life Podcast. And uh, I talk about shit, a lot of different stuff. <laughs> Uh, it's from from training nutrition to a lot of leadership uh, a lot of you know good amount of business I have some pretty incredible guests on um, we'll have uh, we just had Jody on then there's about two three episodes that are coming up there are just uh, me actually the lot this one this week we're having one on uh, the 10 lessons in, in persuasion and persuasion which will could interest you a lot uh, yeah, but yeah, then sure. uh, in about two weeks we're gonna have uh, Joel Jameson back on and it's got a, I got a good, good amount of uh, pretty phenomenal guests. So that's, that's uh, kind of like the, the main stuff because I, I tend to share a lot of everything else. Uh, YouTube channel, actually, very, very active YouTube channel. Um, and that's just, you know, Luca Holstover, just my name. Put that in there and you'll be able to, to, to subscribe and just check out. Like every, basically every video that I, we do ends up going on YouTube from, you know, the podcast are recorded through video um all the shorter videos all the longer stuff we do vigor life tv twice a month which is these 12 to 15 20 minute documentaries kind of um really well done and so youtube has a lot a lot a lot of stuff i mean there's a thousand videos on there you could literally spend the next couple of years watching that stuff and i get through it so uh you know if if if, if you're wanting to get some insights and content that that's definitely a place to go Awesome. Luca, thank you so much, man. We went a little over an hour and I do apologize for that, but uh, I appreciate your time today. Thanks. My pleasure, brother. As I said, like, once I get going, I forget about time. So we're, we're good. good. We're good. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I hope you got some value and some tools to take away to create yourself and create a life and engineer it to what you can be proud of. Now, do me a favor. Podcasts live, breathe, and die off of ratings and reviews on iTunes. So do me a favor before you go. Head on over to iTunes, give me a five-star rating and review, tell us something that you love about the podcast, talk about guests that you want to have on. In general, we just want to get some feedback and know how this podcast is going and if it's helping people. Now, thank you, and we look forward to talking to you next time. This is the Create Yourself Podcast.